What's up, party people? You know one of the worst things about being a self-employed performer? That's right, it's your tax. If you're sick and tired of collecting all your receipts and guessing your way through your tax rebate, well, I know the people that can remove the stress and make it as simple as five, six, seven, eight. That's right, it's Theat Accounts. They're an accounting company that specialize in working with performers. So they know all the things that we can claim back and it's so simple. You upload your invoices and bank statements to their website and they do all the work for you. It's cheap, it's easy, and once you try it, I guarantee you will not regret it. It has changed my tax life. Just email info at theataccounts.co.uk. That's theat, T-H-E-A-T, accounts. So again, that's info at theataccounts.co.uk. Make sure you tell them you're from the Ins and Outs podcast and you'll get some five-star VIP treatment. You will get treated like a king. Honestly, they've changed my life. They've made it so much easier. They've removed the stress from tax and they can do the same for you. Boom. What's up, guys? Recently, I've been working with an incredible company called Quiet Media. Quiet Media create beautiful video reels, vocal reels, self-tapes, music videos, and many, many more. So if you're looking to capture your idea on a video or via audio, then Quiet Media is for you. Go to quietmedia.co.uk or find them on Instagram at quiet underscore media. That's quietmedia.co.uk or at quiet underscore media. Also, don't forget to tell them that you're from the Ins and Outs podcast to receive that special luxury treatment. I promise you, you will not regret investing in this company to help you capture your imagination or your creativity. That's quietmedia.co.uk. Pow. The Ins and Outs Podcast with your host, Kane Silver. In this episode of the Ins and Outs Podcast, I speak to Mike Tice. And Mike Tice is a bit of an all-rounder. He's a dancer, a creative uh, acrobat. He's been in Cirque du Soleil. He's just a pretty incredible mover. Um, I speak to him about his background and his journey into whatever his kind of movement is. I can't really pinpoint what it is. And we talk about that in the podcast. I hope you enjoy. His Instagram is at Mike Tice. Please go and check him out. He has become kind of a, I want to say an overnight success, but he's always been very successful. However, the past eight months, I guess, since COVID, his Instagram has gone up almost 100,000 followers and he's gone from being uh, someone who is working for other creatives and is now the creative. So here is the incredible Mike Tice. Hey man, how are you? Good, how are you doing? I'm great, thank you. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Absolutely. It's a pleasure. To I'm be. very excited to pick your brain, my friend. Yeah, awesome. Um, where are you at the moment? LA? Uh, I'm in Colorado Springs, actually. Um, oh, how come you're there? Uh, Thanksgiving with family. Oh, nice, nice. Is that where you're from originally? No, they moved here after I left the house. Um, we grew up in Los Angeles. I was going to say, I thought you were from LA. I scanned your website and I was like, I'm sure I said he's from LA. <laughs> yeah, I am. Um, and I realized that I had set the time for Pacific uh, Standard Time and uh, it's different here. <laughs> oh, so what time is it there now? It's 1 p.m. Oh, okay. So it's not too drastic. No, it's not. Not at all. I, I've messed up the times with um, time difference so many times. I did it a few weeks ago and the clocks changed and I had uh -huh. planned it the week before the clocks changed. So when I went to go on the podcast, I was like, I've missed it. Oh no! <laughs> oh no! It's a Where nightmare. Are you from? I'm from Wales originally, but I'm living in England. Okay, awesome. I've so, uh, been over there. no, you've never been here. No, it's a lot colder. Let me tell you that. I imagine. Yeah, I spent three years in LA. It does make me miss the sun. Hey, why were you here? Uh, a one visa for work. Oh, okay, cool. Okay. Yeah, living in the the wonderful world of North Hollywood. Yes, the arts district. Yeah, which probably isn't so arty right now. Yeah, nothing, not much is going on physically. Uh, what what have you been up to? Have you been able to uh, keep productive and busy over this crap time? 
yeah, surprisingly, I find myself more busy than I was expecting to even uh, before COVID. Um, I think it this time just gave me the opportunity to be proactive and just do my own thing, um, mm-hmm. which has led to work. Um, so it has uh, kept me busy. A lot of it is digital, social media campaigns and stuff for websites and uh, or film stuff uh, mainly. Not a lot yeah, that's of live, live work going on. Yeah, I feel like it's kind of like a, a time where we have to adapt. And if you don't adapt, then you kind of fall off the edge, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, so if you you say you've been busier, how, how have you made how have you made busier happen? You know, like what kind of things are you doing that you weren't doing before? Um, well, I am definitely exploring more of my own work. Uh, before I was working for other companies, so I was kind of doing what I was told and fulfilling the vision of other people. Um, mm-hmm. And now I'm uh, exploring a lot more with film and how my work can uh, be perceived on film. Um, I'm working with brands on uh, helping them with their like clothing campaigns and uh, their, you know, their launching of new products. Um, I worked with a museum um, this year on their like sixth anniversary. Uh, so that was pretty cool. It's just like a lot of these uh, really uh, kind of random projects, uh, but I'm yeah. able to do things that I like because um, it's the work they're, they're coming to me for my work instead of, uh, me coming and uh, fulfilling the vision of somebody else yeah that's dope and did they find you because you've got quite a big uh following on social media do you do they find you via social media or do you have a way to promote yourself or uh it's mostly right now it's mostly just social media um i think before covid i only had about nine thousand followers because it it wasn't my uh main source of income and it wasn't uh it was kind of just a hobby um, but after COVID hit, um, it was, it became my stage. Um, it came, became my rehearsing space, became my place to share, uh, what I've been doing and, um, people reacted more positively than I could have imagined. Um, That's and now it's great. a way for me to gain more notoriety and paid work. Yeah. Cause now you have 104,000. So that's a mighty big jump. It was a mighty big jump. It hasn't even been a year yet. So <laughs> Um, uh, have you felt any difference with your like relationship with social media since the, the such a drastic change in a short amount of time? Yeah, I think it, it definitely has a lot more of my attention, um, which can be seen as a negative thing. Um, but the work that I'm doing and the, the stuff that it uh, allows me to create and the people I'm able to connect with, um, I see it as a positive thing. Um, mm-hmm. When I work with people, we tend to just we tend to make work and then share it almost immediately. And that has given us an opportunity to see what works and see what doesn't work um, and to connect with more people all around the world. That's super dope. Um, yeah. What? So you said before you were working for companies and stuff like that. And I saw that you've worked with Cirque du Soleil and Jacobs. I can't remember what it's called. Jacob, Jacob Jonas, the company. Jacob Jonas, the company. Yeah. Um, what? What is... Obviously, I'm assuming all the listeners know what Cirque du Soleil is. Um, what was Jacob's Jonas, the company? Uh, Jacob Jonas, the company, is a, kind of a dance company that's uh, becoming more of a production and dance company in Los Angeles. Uh, mm-hmm. Jacob Jonas and I are good friends. We've been friends for about 10 or 11 years. Um, he started his own dance company six years ago, and I was involved in some of the... Uh, sorry, buddy. I've lost you a sec. Oh, you you'd cut out signal sorry because of my headphones hey there you go you're back oh you're gone again back turn off these headphones you can still hear me right yeah that's perfect am i clear okay cool um but yeah jacob jonas the company is a dance company in los angeles started about six years ago uh, by my friend jacob jonas and uh he actually was uh kind of the key key mastermind behind strategizing how to make dance more visible online uh, during this time. So we worked really closely together to try to strategize, um, you know, how to bring dance works that were supposed to be on stage and in rehearsals that are supposed to exist in a room um, on Mm. screen. Um, And I still work with him quite closely. Um, We're actually going to start rehearsals in December for a new piece that we're trying to live stream. 
Um, and I'll always be working with him um, closely. Uh, he does a lot of project-based stuff, so it's not always full-time. Um, mm -hmm. uh, but last year, was, he was able to work with Kanye West on multiple projects, uh, which was Ooh. really fantastic for him. I missed it because I was on tour. Uh, with Hopefully not his presidential run. No, not his presidential. <laughs> but he did all these, he did these operas, like these uh, uh, biblical-inspired operas, and uh, somehow uh, Jacob's work kind of mimicked what he desired physically on stage, which I thought was really fantastic. Oh, that's a dope opportunity. Yeah, yeah. Um, so what's kind of explain like your background of how of dance, because from what I can see, you're, uh, I'm assuming a technical dancer, you know, mm -hmm. you're a contemporary dancer, but you have this incredible skill set of acrobatics and silks and these other weird and wonderful things that just to me make you look like I don't know. It's like more than a gymnast, more than a capoeira, and more than a break dancer. It's like a fusion of everything together. And combined, having all these things brings such a fluidity to mm. how you move. You know. So what? 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 Give us like a, a background, like your training and how you kind of develop this style of movement. Uh, well, thank you. I appreciate that. Um, I'm. I love movement. Um, I've always been drawn to multiple things, so I think that speaks to the variance of my movement abilities. Uh, I started with gymnastics. My mom was a, a coach, so I did like kids' gymnastics. I trained um, in uh, girls' gymnastics on beams and uh, uneven bars, and I did men's gymnastics on floor and high bar and stuff like that. Uh, it wasn't great, but it did give me a, a, a solid uh, base for just a, a technique. Um, that the technique was really helpful. And then I went into dance and dance for me, I think really clicked a lot more because of its uh, vast uh, ability to express all kinds of things and move in all different ways. And so I did jazz competition dance where I learned uh, ballet and a little bit of hip hop in a st studio form. Um, and then um, I kept finding myself surrounded by completely different ways of moving. So bre breakers and lockers and, and poppers um, and ballet dancers. And I kind of just learned as much as I can, I could from everybody around me. Um, and then when I went into, you know, when I became an adult and got, uh, uh, got a job for Cirque, I was surrounded by a myriad of other forms of movement, you know, in the air, on the floor, in the water, all kinds. And it just, I continued, it continues to expand my understanding of what dance and what movement can be. Um, which keeps me engaged because I get bored quite easily. Um, and so, and now I, I uh, live with my roommate, who's my physical, uh, she's my uh, creative partner and she's a tricker. Um, and tricking is a mix of kind of martial arts and um, gymnastics. And so she's teaching me things as well. And she brings me around her friends who are capoeira uh, performers and, uh, you know, trickers and gymnasts and, so it really, I'm, I'm, I'm a mix of all of the experiences and all the people that I've learned from. Um, and I love it. I love continuing to uh, trick people into thinking I'm only one thing. <laughs> yeah. What, what coming from like a, obviously you said gymnastics is where you started. Obviously that's very regimented, you know, mm. what was the appeal of dance? Was it cause it's, I guess you can be more free and you can kind of be more, I guess, out the box or expressive right. and gymnasts are probably going shut up don't say that about this but you know it's so much more yeah. strict and disciplined yeah well i mean with gymnastics like the when you get the technique and you are the best of the best you can really express quite a bit um but you have to be really really good and look i just wasn't that good um dance i i think is really awesome because you don't have to there's not one specific technique that you have to rely on. Um, mm. You kind of pull from all different kinds of techniques and mash them together, which is what I really like to do. Um, you know, ballet is very similar to uh, gymnastics where you, you know, you're really good. You're able to really ex express yourself at your top notch. But again, yeah. Ballet, but if you're not really good, I'm it's kind of like, <laughs> it just, it is. Sorry. It, it has got that thing um, where if you're not, really good like yeah. then it just doesn't have the same aesthetic to it you know it just doesn't look yeah. as crisp you can tell when someone's not 
really good. They're just okay. It has like a bit of a, a dumbness to it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And uh, so I saw that like gymnastics, I wasn't great. And I saw that uh, ballet, I wasn't great, but I learned what I could from those techniques. And I kind of tried to just make something that I, that was of my own so that you couldn't compare me to any of those other people or other things. And I'm just trying to, you know, discover myself within all of the techniques that I've learned. Um, but technique is important. <laughs> yeah, of course, very, very important. Um, at what point did you realize that this could be a profession? Um, that's what you wanted it to be a profession. I think pretty early on, um, when I was competing, um, in like jazz competitions, when I was 12, 13, 14, um, I saw professional dancers and I was around professional dancers and they showed me that there was, you know, money to make. And there was a place where I could express myself and create for the rest of my life. Um, and from then on, like I knew exactly what I wanted to do, which made, uh, going to school really difficult. High school was <laughs> uh, kind of challenging um, just because, you know, I needed to learn arithmetic and ge geometry and history and stuff like that. But I already knew what I wanted to do going out of, you know, going into school as a freshman. Um, so I've, yeah, I've wanted to, to dance my pretty much my entire life. And did you know what lane of dance you wanted to do? Was there a specific, like, because for me, I always had this, like, I want to dance on stage behind an artist. And yeah, that was the okay. only form of dance I knew. And I didn't know what I needed to do to get there. I just asked people right. and whatever they said, that was, I would do that to get to that goal. You know, yeah. what was your goal? Gosh, that's so interesting. I'm not sure if I had a very distinct, I knew in high school, I was like, I want to do Alvin Ailey. I want to go to Juilliard. Like, I want to do the the concert world um and a couple of things stood in my way um that made that path a little bit uh that kind of obscured that path um for the better uh my grandma told me once like oh i see you in Cirque and i was like i don't Cirque du Soleil like i could never do Cirque du Soleil like i'm not at that level at all and so to have gotten into it i also threw me for a loop and so since then i've i've uh, stopped kind of focusing on like the exact thing that I want. All I know is that I want to dance and I want to create. Um, and if I continue to do those things, and if I'm on that path, then I know that I'm good no matter how that's expressed. Yeah, that's dope. So when you you leave school, you know, you left school, what, what was your training like? Did you go into like further education within dance? Or do you just go and learn as I guess a, a freelance dancer? Or were you with companies to train? Um, so right out of high school, my parents were, you know, kind of worried. They were like, you know, you need to go, you at least need to go to community college. Um, and at that point, I had gotten a dance agent in LA, so a lot more commercial work. Um, and I just started auditioning. I think I went to what, 25 auditions. What agency uh, were you with? It was Block, Block Talent oh, Agent. Team yeah. Block, me too. Oh, really? Oh, we're on. Yeah. <laughs> Very cool. Um, so I was just auditioned, like, I think... I, I auditioned, you know, maybe three or four months. I got two uh, callbacks and it was for Disney Paris and it was for Cirque du Soleil. Um, and so my first job right out, right out of uh, high school was, was Cirque. And I was at, my first contract was about uh, three and a half to four years. And so I learned that was my college experience. I guess you could say I was traveling yeah. the world um, and I was learning uh different forms of uh circus arts but also how to make dance uh theatrical um uh -huh. use utilize movement how to be a professional how to come in on time how to all of that stuff which was definitely a learning curve let me tell you <laughs> I, yeah i guess if you're not taught it how do you know right yeah you just kind of do it um and i give a lot of props to my artistic director melanie lalonde at the time she you know she called me her puppy she walked with from 18 to like 22 kind of taught me the ropes of how to be a professional dancer at least at Cirque. yeah yeah what were, uh, what were you doing with Cirque? what show was it uh it was called kuza um oh yeah yeah it was a show that was created uh, 2007 and i joined in 2009 um as the trickster uh which was kind of the the main character he was the storyteller 
Um, he was the jack-in-the-box. He was um, elusive character. You didn't know if he was good or bad, but he kind of led the audience um, through the show, um, which is very much who I am. And so I think I, I saw a lot of myself in him, and he also um, informed who I've become. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I feel that. Especially at um, 18, you know, like, it's quite it's quite a young age and at the time it doesn't feel young you're just like i'm 18 i'm an adult but if right. i think back to me at 18 every experience that at that time really influenced the rest of my journey oh absolutely it's changed my life forever what was your experience like at Cirque? did you enjoy it did you find it difficult if so what were the difficult things hmm. i enjoyed it a lot i mean especially in the beginning. I think when I first got there, I was terrified and a little bit alone just because I was the fish out of water. I had never done circus before. I had never, I didn't know what a roussier was or a trapeze was or any of these things or how to do them or what they meant. Um, so it was a little terrifying and I had no money. So, so I, I landed in the airport and my, I asked my grandma, like, could you send me a couple bucks so I could get to the hotel? <laughs> Cause I just had nothing at the time. Um, you know, I didn't have a job. Uh, so those are some difficult challenges. Um, but I enjoyed the character I got to do. I enjoyed learning how to do makeup. I enjoyed performing in front of thousands of people every day. Um, but the same things that I enjoyed were also really difficult. Um, my first city was Atlanta. We were there for about two and a half months. Um, and I had never worked harder in my life. Like we did nine to 10 shows a week. Uh, the show was about two and a half hours each. Um, I, was, I was injured most of the time because it was my first time and I didn't have a replacement to help me. So I was going on stage injured. Um, and I had to overcome those injuries and work with a physical therapist, making sure I get wrong. And it really revealed a lot of weaknesses in my physical ability. Um, like I could tell I wasn't ready for what this was and I had to really step up to the plate. Um, and so when this first city was done, I immediately got sick. I got the flu because I had not worked that hard ever. <laughs> and, yeah, it's uh, always when you stop, isn't it? Yeah. It's always when you stop, it's like your body goes, yeah, and I'm done. done. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm telling you, yeah, I got on the bus right after our little shuttle, right after the last show, and I was feeling so horrible. Um, my, I was just, I was drained and I was dead. Um, but then we, you know, we had a week off and I got better. We went to the next city and I got better and, and life started and I started experiencing different cities I'd never been in and continuing to hone my craft on stage. And the fact that I got to do almost 300 shows a year, I just got better and better at what I was doing. And now I can, you know, do that role in my sleep. <laughs> yeah. Basically. Um, when you're doing that process and you're doing something so rig so rigorously, especially like you said, you'd never experienced it and you figured out you weren't prepared for it. What, what kind of things did you have to change? Like, were you like, were you on it with like your sleep and like your nutrition and your mm -hmm. exercise? Cause I feel like, and I've spoke to quite a, I spoke to three people from Cirque. I've had Darren Tate on it. I don't know if you know him, uh, Rick Chia and Mukta. I know Rick. So I've, ha so I've had those guys on and from what I got from them, Cirque seems very different to like dance companies and stuff like that. I always say like, for some reason we don't treat dance like other sports or like, like, a, like other athletic things. Like, you know, it's not very often you get a nutrition plan or a physical therapist or a masseuse or like you don't get like, you don't wake up in the morning and everyone's going to do a, a, a workout session together. Right. Like, but they, they made it out like Cirque is very much like a football team. Right. You know, like you have company class, you have stuff. Yeah. Were there things that you had to imply outside of just that to make your life, I guess, to make your body adapt to your schedule? You know, I think I got a lot. I got away with a, not treating myself the best when I was younger and, and in uh, uh, earlier in my in my career with Cirque. Um, so I didn't know that, you know, a massage therapist and, and a physical therapist weren't just like commonplace um, and I would utilize them but outside you know I was I was learning what drinking was I was learning what <laughs> you're, le was. you're learning what it's like to be on the road yeah so I wasn't I was, and have money yeah exactly oh exactly spending everything I earned because I was the first it was freedom it was the first time I could book my own vacations and buy my own clothes and go 
at, to eat at restaurants whenever I wanted and there was no curfew. I didn't have to go to sleep when my mom told me. So all of these <laughs> things are so new to me, which made it a little, like there was definitely, a, a, I went back to Cirque a couple of years ago and I just, there was such a difference in my process because now I know that I have to take care of myself, what vitamins I need to take you know, that I can't stay up all night, that like I, like I have to take care of myself in order to be ready for the show. Um, but those years also did teach me that I can put up with a lot of stuff um, and still be a professional and walk into the room. Um, and I think that's what's, it's kind of fun. And that's what Circus has taught me is like, you can have a lot of fun as long as you can work really hard. Um, yeah. That, you find that balance, you find that sweet spot of you know traveling the world meeting people experiencing all these things and still being prepared when you walk into the door even if you only slept for three hours and uh i, lo I loved that part of it um and i think that's kind of made me a stronger performer and given my life a little bit more uh, variance and more well-roundedness yeah so you said you did cirque for three years right uh i started my first contract was about three uh, I'd say two and a half years, and then I rejoined for another year and a half, so it was three and a half years. And then a couple of years ago, I joined again for three years. So I did almost seven years altogether. What um, what other skills did you learn whilst that suit? Because obviously, for people who don't know anything about you, I mean, I don't know a lot, only from what I've searched your Instagram and your website. Mm -hmm. Like, you have so many different talents, which I kind of brought up earlier. Like, you know, you can do silks, you can do all these different kind of acro things. It's so much more than just dance. Mm -hmm. And you don't just have the ability to do it like you do it really at a high level mm. you know i feel like lots of us learn to do other things but to be able to do each one of them at a high level where you could be employed to do just that thing mm. like did you learn those skills whilst doing cirque yeah um I, I i mean i kind of dove back into more of a gymnastics uh training regimen um and i worked with a lot of the acrobats who are just there they're just so willing to give up their knowledge um, and I needed to work on my technique because it wasn't great. Um, so they uh, taught me handstands, even though I don't have a one hand handstand, you just have to have a good handstand and be able to hold it. Like you should train your handstand every day. It's just good, good to have that. I worked with the Atherton twins. If you know who they are, they're incredible. They're from Great Britain and uh, they do straps. They do duo straps and they taught me mm -hmm. how to do straps. And so I know a couple of things on straps. Um, I think hand-to-hand -hand is something that lends itself to dance very much. So that's something I played with a little bit. Um, but I wouldn't say that you could hire me on any of those things, at least right now. <laughs> really? Well, from what I saw, like, you look great at those things that, you know. Thank you. I think circus artists are undeniably some of the most incredible sportsmen in the world. They will not stop training every yeah. day. Um, and I don't think I have that tenacity when it comes to the circus arts. I don't have that passion. I love, I think they're great. They're a lot of fun to try and they keep me interested in moving. Um, but I don't think I have it in me to train seven days a week on straps or on handstands in order to get as good as I, I, I need to be to be on stage 10 times you know, a week uh, yeah. to perform at that level. But it is so fun and I think I think just exploring those things and keeping those doors open um, keeps me alive and keeps me excited about, you know, moving. Yeah, I think I think Mukta said it on his on my episode with him, like the difference between like a dancer and a circus artist is like we're constantly learning new things, whereas a circus artist will have its its track or its yes. its, its gig. And yeah. that's all they do yeah, all day, every day. and they yeah. they spend years to learn that one trick and that one trick is their income for the next 20 years yeah exactly, exactly. you know and as a dancer like we're like what's the next thing what's the next right. combo to learn right. what's the next performance you <laughs> exactly. know yeah, we'd love to learn but they spend rigorous amount of hours just to learn that one thing because that's their big finale or whatever right exactly and, and like you said thing. earlier you get bored so right. <laughs> that doesn't carry across well. I do. I don't have that. I don't have that persistence, at least for circus arts. I think that's what I love about dance is I can be persistent about dance because it evolves and each director or choreographer I've worked with has a unique perspective on what it can be. And that shapes, you know, how you move the next day. And that changes depending on who you're working with and who you are that day. And I think that keeps me excited and that keeps me going.
Yeah. What um what do you do now to look after your body? Because like I saw again from stalking your Instagram, like a proper weirdo, proper stalking you. Um you like you really seem like that you look you take care of your body now. Like I saw you doing like overhead squats, which for people who don't know what that is, like that's a really difficult move to achieve, like in weightlifting. So you're obviously conditioning your body to not just do the tricks that is required, but to make it, you know, strong in more than just the movement patterns that you do for work, you know, yeah. like what have you always done that? Or is that something new that you've implied and what difference have you seen since doing that? Um, it isn't something I've always done, but I think just having a healthy biomechanics, like a natural moving human form biomechanic is imperative. You need it. Um, and so weightlifting is something that I've, I kind of dove into heavily when I was with Cirque because everybody at Cirque du Soleil works out hardcore. So all the guys are like huge. And so that kind of played into my confidence. I was like, okay, I want to be big. Wasn't necessarily the healthiest, healthiest route. I'm trying to find a balance between strength and mobility and flexibility right now. Mm -hmm. I do a lot of yoga. Um, I go to the park every week and uh, just explore with other uh, movers, different movements, just to keep my body from, you know, sticking to one pattern of movement. Mm -hmm. I always want to trick your body into to exploring new pathways. Um, yoga is kind of right now, like the base, like I wake up, I do about 30 minutes to an hour just to like be open and release. Um, now that I'm home in Colorado Springs, thank goodness there's a couple of gyms open. Um, but when I am home and the gyms are open, I do go to the gym maybe two or three times a week. Uh, just to challenge how much weight I can hold. Um, you know, I love the Bosu balls. I love the rollers. Mm. I love um, uh, the resistance bands. Um, and I'm always trying, always, always just trying to find that balance and that like perfect feeling in my body of like openness, flexibility, um, and strength. Um, and I do a lot of stuff, like when I go out and film fun stuff for Instagram, a lot of it's improv. A lot of it's like me falling down a mountain or like running into a wall or like throwing myself loosely into the air without yeah. knowing what, what's going to happen. And so I just have to like prepare my body for the unexpected, you know, just prepare my body really for anything. Um, and that that's what has kept me kind of injury free over the past year, which thank God, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's like the scariest thing for us, isn't it? Like injury oh. is like, there's nothing worse. I know. And I, and I would injure, I'm, I wouldn't say I'm injury prone, but you know, it happens, especially when you're doing something like Cirque or a show where you're just repeating it over and over again. And I think what's great about this year is that I haven't had to repeat something as often. Um, so I'm rest is an option now. Yeah. Rest is an option. And if, if one thing hurts, I can always do something else. You yeah. Know, I don't have to keep doing that thing that hurts because somebody's paying me to do it. Like I have the freedom to do what I want to do now. And thank God people like it, you know, enough to pay me now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> um, do you see yourself now you've kind of adapted your job role? I guess you're not working for other people and you're, you know, making a living from your own creativity. Do you see yourself going back to working for other companies? Are there any companies that you would like to work for if the opportunity came? Yeah, I think that I am, I, I always go back and forth. I think this was a great year for me to like, it's always been scary for me to do my own thing. We all, you know, we fear failure. We fear people not actually liking what you have to offer. Um, but I've proven that that I can do it. Um, but I do love working for other people because I learn so much. Every process I'm in, I learn how to do it better or how to do it a different way. Um, so I'll always be working with Jacob Jonas. I love his process. I love that guy. He does a lot of stuff for the dance community. He pr provides a lot of opportunity. Um, Damien Gillet is another uh, choreographer that is on another level. I love his work. Um, there's a company called No Boards in Mexico that's fantastic. There's a circus company called Seven Fingers of the Hand in Montreal that would be a dream to work with. Um, Northwest Dance Project in, in Portland, I believe, is, is a company that I'm looking at um, as a dancer, but also maybe as a choreographer. Um, there, I mean, there's so, many, there's so many places and so many people making great work, and I kind of have FOMO. Every time I see something great, I want to be involved. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I want to be at the heart of um, 
innovation. I want to be at the heart of new experiences when it comes to dance and when it comes to theater. So like um, any companies that are challenging themselves, that are innovating, that are um, creating great work, I want to be involved in those. Yeah. So because now, obviously, since you've left the working for other people and now you work for yourself, you are the creative, you know. So now you've experienced a taste of being the creative or being the person who's calling the shots because it's for you. Yeah. Do you do you see that for a future doing it for other companies? Do, is that something that you're going to try and pursue where you're like, I'm going to get onto the creative board for Cirque because you have a relationship there already? Yeah. Or, I mean, that that's a that's a, a huge dream of mine. I would love to work um, on the artistic uh, uh, side of uh, another company. Um, I would love to be an artistic director. Um, I don't like saying that out loud because you know how dreams are fleeting and disappear when you say them out loud, but um, that's well, perspective. <laughs> yeah, it's true. But it's, it's absolutely something that I want to do. Um, I don't always want to work for myself. I, I, I you know, I, I think working to achieve a greater goal is something that I grew up um, believing in. And that's something I continue to pursue yeah no that's dope man i love your work like from what i've seen so far like you you have a real a beautiful way of moving you know and for people i guess if you're not a dancer listening to this you're probably like that makes no sense like moves moving is moving yeah. but like this there's there's a certain quality that you possess which is like it makes everything look effortless mm. you know Thanks. And I was looking at, I was watching your videos earlier and I was in the studio and I was like, oh, I'm going to do some break dance and I haven't done that in years. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, it hurts. And I was like, damn, <laughs> you know, like even like totally. just, just doing like footwork drills for like 10 minutes or like floor work drills, for 10 minutes, my quads, my calves. I was like, oh my goodness. Yeah, absolutely. Um, do you, what's your like, what's your training process like now? Like without being in a company and being able to take class? Because at the moment, especially in LA, like it doesn't exist. Right. So what are you doing to like keep your, I guess, ability up? You said you go to the park and move with people, but surely it's got to be more than just that. Um, well, sometimes I'll take a ballet class online. Um, Het National Ballet has been posting classes. Hong Kong Ballet has been posting classes. So you get to take classes from professionals all over the world. I'll do that like once or twice a month. Um, but honestly, like going out, and making work and dancing with other people has been my source of uh, practice. It's been mm. a practice of creating. Um, instead of practicing to then create, um, I create in order to, to, to continue to practice and to keep mm. up, uh, not just physically, but also creatively. Um, and honestly, spiritually, I think that uh, creativity is the natural result of having a spiritual practice. Um, and so I th all those things, there's not really a separation for me. Like I, I practice uh, the drills that you're talking about. Some drills are so beautiful in repetition and I'll share that and it, and it just becomes a form of work. It becomes a new vocabulary. Um, and that's what keeps me going, you know? Um, that is my dance practice for now. Um, yeah. Yeah, I like that, that you don't practice to then create work, you know? you'll your practice is the work. Yeah. That's pretty dope. I feel like that's a real nice way of thinking about stuff. Obviously, I feel like your practice has to be at a certain level where it's pleasant to look at. <laughs> <laughs> Me stumbling around today wouldn't have been great for anyone's eyes. Mm -hmm. But <laughs> <laughs> Hey, stumbling around can be some of the greatest work. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, that's true. Maybe not mine today. Let me tell you that. Um, <laughs> what's the process like for then you, for you filming these things? Like how many does sometimes it take like 50 takes to get the, the shot that you're trying to get, you know, like to find the one you're happy with. Do you have a day that you set where you're like today, I'm going to get a video for Instagram or that's funny. Uh, I talked with my creative partner about this. Uh, Joy Isabella Brown is pretty much, she films a lot of my work, if not 90% of it. Um, mm -hmm. She has a great eye and she's really good at pulling out a camera without me knowing. Because <laughs> the angles that you get filmed on are so good. Yeah, she's great. She's phenomenal. Like, Because then it manages to capture all the movement you're doing, but without it looking like the camera is chasing you or having to adapt to how you're shot. 
Yeah. Because everything that I've seen is like normally like a nice traveling sequence yeah, or something which that. isn't static, yeah. you know? And I was like, wow, it's shot so nicely that it doesn't look like it's a stress for the camera to capture it. Yeah. You know, and, and it always feels like you're in a good angle. Yeah, she's, she's a talent. And without her, I don't think anybody would know about who I am or my work. Uh, so I owe her a lot. Um, and honestly, we just uh, go out. Wow, the sun flare is crazy. Um, we just go... <laughs> We just go out um, with her camera and very little, we just go out and play. Honestly, there's not a lot of, when, when I do have to plan it, it's usually for a work, um, for like a, a gig, somebody will be like, hey, make us a music video. So we'll create a shot list and we'll have a very mm -hmm. good understanding of what we want to capture. Um, but a lot of the times and most of the times, the stuff that you're seeing is the first or second take it wasn't necessarily it wasn't known to me that i was being filmed um it was just a nat it was just a natural process of capturing something that is very much real when i do get into my head and we do take 50 takes i don't like that process at all i hate it i mm. like you improv we capture one thing and we share it that's it yeah you know? just show up just show up be authentic know what you want to do, you know, be in your body and just experience and explore. Um, when it comes to choreography and things that are choreographed, there is a little bit more practice that comes before that. Um, but I don't want to lose that essence of improv, that essence of spontaneity, authenticity, um, and just kind of letting go and going for it. I don't like manicuring things. I don't like mm. making it feel like it's somehow perfected um strangely people think that's what is being done so i guess what's happening is working you know yeah because like a lot of uh people who like create content for like social media platforms and stuff and not well maybe with dance too a movement but not necessarily just that like a lot of planning goes into it like i really like um and it's more like down a fitness and comedy route i need those gymnastics too but juju mufu juju mufu hey this is yeah What's up, dude? This is this is what's your name? Michael Stinky. Okay. Hey, man. Oh, bro, I got I'll talk to you later. Oh my god. <laughs> Bless him. I'm a, um, my well, my cousin. Like, do you know who Juju Mufu is? No, I don't know who Juju Mufu. Is. So he's like a a bodybuilder, like strong man, huge, muscly guy with long long hair and a big beard, and he's he's a gymnast. Okay. And this dude is crazy. So he'll do like a five hundred pound deadlift and then backflip wearing rollerblades all at the same time oh like and he'll do these crazy stunts or these crazy videos and like he does like the box he's martial artist a tricker um and he'll do like box splits on on the on these chairs whilst holding like a barbell above his head i think I've and seen you know like, uh, yeah like sure. it's crazy stuff and i was i've listened to quite a few a lot quite a few interviews of his and he's like always says like no one understands like the preparation and planning that i put into these videos like mm. and he's like saying that this is his gig you know, like cool. every video has like a, a plan and a backstory and like yeah. how they're going to achieve what they're trying to get. Yeah. So n now I always have this perceived thing in my head that, well, that's what content that people do. That's yeah. why everything always looks so incredible, you know, because yeah. it's it's a mini movie. It's yeah. a mini production. Right. And that's right. why I'm so curious because like even the things that you're doing, like, I'm like, you don't want to do that 20 times to get the right take. Like, no, you'll be no way. Like, <laughs> You'll be broken. Yeah. And most of the time, the last take isn't even the best. It's usually the first. Honestly, it's usually the first. Um, it, 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 and it honestly depends on what project. I've been trying to do these dance shorts um, where I actually invite other artists in and I set work on them or we do it together. Um, and they're a little longer. They're about two minutes long. Um, and that takes about two days to rehearse. Um, but honestly, I just trust kind of the team that I have joy knows exactly what she's doing she knows what i like she has a great eye um, and the dancers that i usually work with know me very well um, and i know them and i know their strengths and uh we just flow it really is mm. a flow um and uh it's a sense of flow it's a sense of trust um and i and honestly serendipity um is kind of the magic of of some most of the stuff most of the stuff that i capture has been a surprise to me as well as others <laughs> oh that's dope it is it, it really has been a surprise and i share it kind of crossing my fingers really having no idea if people will like it or not and the fact that people have liked it has really given me a lot of confidence and um uh encouragement 
um, mm. constantly encouraged by people all the time. But honestly, it's been a, it's been a serendipitous road um, built on a lot of work, not to say that mm. there wasn't work involved, but I think there was a lot of work put in during my formative early years that are, that is paying off now. Um, yeah. It's not just happened overnight. Although your following has kind of happened overnight. Sure like the, the thing that people see to yeah. them is overnight. Yeah. But the work goes way back. Yeah. Do you feel now, now that you've built a following mm -hmm. and like you're gonna you're kind of known as this guy which does these dope videos, do you feel like there's a pressure now to top the next video? Like, do you have this thing which you know, even though it might not be like at the forefront of your mind, like I have to be better video. Like every time you create one, do yeah. you have that thing where you go, is this going to do as well as the last one? Yeah, there's always that little creature in the back of my head or on my on my shoulder um, with that pressure. Um, and I try I try to ignore him a lot because um, better for me, better is just more interesting. Um, and that comes in all different forms. And I never planned, you know, I never planned the post that's going to come next necessarily because I don't know what is going to be captured. And to plan it, I think, loses that magic and that's not me. Mm -hmm. um, but if I stay true to kind of the pathway that, I, that has been set before me and that I've been walking on, um, I, 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 I kind of release that voice in my head and just say, like, this is, this is a journey and people are willing to be on it with me. Um, they're going to get weird stuff and I'm going to share stuff that, um, is always going to be different than what I had in the past. I think what I feared most was me choosing to try to recreate the thing that worked before. Um, and I do get a lot of job offers saying, we want you to do that thing that you did. And those are the things that I don't like taking. I don't want to make the thing I did before. I want to continue to make new things. Um, and, and inspire new audiences, you know, maybe the old audience is like, oh, we liked who you were before, so we're going to stop following you. That's fine. I don't want to be who I was yesterday. <laughs> and if you yeah. want me to, like, I'm so sorry. That, that's why those videos are saved and you can go back and watch them as much as you want. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I'm going to continue to grow and to develop. That doesn't necessarily mean best or better than it's just going to mean, uh, it's going to mean different. It's going to mean yeah, a newer version. Yeah. New new mike 7.0 yeah like, like <laughs> if every day's an evolving yeah totally and what helps is like what you were saying is like the kind of the diverse movement practices that i'm involved in that's what keeps uh keeps it fresh for me and i hope for other people is like you know i don't want to be known as the guy who does gymnastics i don't want to be known as the guy who does contemporary i don't want to be known mm. as the guy who does sunset videos like i don't i just want to be known as mike tyus who does you know who maybe uses dance or 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 you know is creative <laughs> you know? yeah no for sure I, I yeah i love it like i was i honestly i was looking at your stuff and when my friend matthew said i think you'd really enjoy talking to my friend mike yeah. i was like send me over then because he always comes up with these brilliant people that i don't know uh, he, and he sends it and i was like yo like look how he moves because i like I love hip hop dance. Cool. You know, that's what I do. Yeah. But I do have a love for other dances and for other styles. Like I love acrobatics. Like yeah. I, I come from a break dance background. I love doing rings, break. you know, so I really respect all of these things. And yeah. when I saw just the, that's what I loved so much about it is that I can't pigeonhole what it is, mm. you know, like I can't go, that is a specific thing. Yeah. And I feel like that's what really like I gravitated to. I was like, Oh my goodness. Like, like, I can't even say, look at Mike, he's a something. Yeah. Well, that makes you know what I mean? me really happy. And I love breaking, so I'd love to see more of what you do. I Oh, I'm rubbish. But... <laughs> what? I'm rubbish at it, but You're I just rubbish. like it. <laughs> I have really yeah. good friends, though, that you can check out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, have you ever done any break dancing or anything like that? Yeah, told, yeah. I was in Vegas um, a couple of weeks ago working on a, a live show we're trying to pitch. Um, mm -hmm. and there were a bunch of breakers on that show and we got together in the park and they showed me some moves and I showed them some moves. And again, it just became um, an amalgamation of different languages, you know, yeah, such a multicultural experience, but breaking. Yeah. I grew up, uh, at a church where there were, 
you know, it's called Mosaic and it was known for having a bunch of dancers that went there. So we created a company out of this church and we'd, and we'd create pieces every week to perform at the church and we'd travel uh, to different play countries. And, and in that company and in this church, there were uh, two break dancers, like really hardcore breakers. He, I think he was like, one was like 45, 50. He had been doing it most of his life. So he had a lot to teach. His name yeah. was Don. And uh, he taught me how to, my first six step, he taught me like, you know, my first top rock. Like I was like learning some things and yeah. it's cool. It's still, it's still in me today. And I love, I love that style. It's, you know, I, I give it mad props and I have so much respect that I don't try to, I, I'm not going to try to emulate how to break dance, <laughs> yeah. but I will, I will kind of, you know, use some of the fundamentals and alternate them and kind of transform them and suit them to my body. Because again, yeah, not great at ballet, not great at gymnastics, not great at breaking, but I love the vocabulary. Yeah, it's it's really interesting you say that because obviously, like dance culture, um, has like two sides where it's like you have the OGs in the originals where you're like, this is how it should be done, and if it's right. not done this way, then it shouldn't be done at all. Yeah, totally. you know, <laughs> like they have this thing where it's like, no, this is how it's created, respect it and stay that way. Yeah, but that's not it was that was it still is beautiful and it still is incredible in so many different forms yeah but we we get used to seeing that and we can pinpoint what that is right, right? right. and by us by us by you evolving and adapting things to make it fit you and merging it with other things is what's created new beautiful ways of moving yeah like and i find it really difficult because like when i speak to a lot of old hip-hop dancers or real like enthusiasts who are b-boys and they're like no that's the wrong way of doing a six step you've got to do it on your fingertips not on a flat hand otherwise yeah. it's not correct yeah. and i'm like but se says who and right. why yeah like because it still looks dope totally, like, so, totally. so, so i never i really struggle like i want to respect what they're saying because you know they know more than me but at the same time as a as a, a viewer mm -hmm. i'm like but I just want to watch cool shit. Like, right. <laughs> like, and I don't mean that in a disrespectful way that I don't care where it came from. Because no, of no. course I do. Right. But I want to watch dope stuff. So if it means we adapt things, like, right. that's what makes it cool, right? Yeah. A, a car, we never started with electric cars. We started with cars right. from fossil fuels. And now we've right. got dope electric ones. That doesn't right. mean it's wrong. It's still a car. Yeah. And we know where it came from. Yeah. yeah. I mean, with, with people, uh, I you know, I was around a lot of people who were, kind of regimented in that way. And I met mad props at that. But if I tried to be that, I would fail. I would yeah. fail and I'd have to stop dancing because I wasn't doing it the right way. And then where would I be? You know what I mean? Yeah. I know I don't do stuff the right way and that's okay for me. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> you know Mike's way. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's my way. And like, I'm so glad that you know the right way to do it. And like, if it works for you, man, like rock on, um, but doesn't work for everyone and i it would it would suck and i'm sure this has happened over so many years that people stop dancing because they're told that they're not doing it right um but at the end of the day like we're, we're missing out on some pretty epic artists because of that and at the end of the day like what is the right way you know yeah because we're just remodeling yeah things yeah to make it newer not yeah. not it doesn't need to be better doesn't need to be worse like you said it just needs to be different yeah exactly it needs to reflect the times it needs to speak uh speak to people you know and if it if it does those things technique is technique technique comes and goes technique isn't what you know wins hearts and minds it might it mm. might win medals but it doesn't yeah. always it doesn't always you know get people where they're at yeah no that's that's i really like that it, it wins medals but it doesn't win hearts and minds because that's true because sometimes it's the things which are the the things that aren't as strict or as regimented or rules yeah. that are the more emote you would connect with yeah exactly um what um do you teach at all i do um i love to so here you go what do you teach what do i teach i'm trying to figure that out so i started teaching stuff online um I, you know, I'll, I'll send out a pop-up class and, and I've been calling it contemporary acrobatic flow. Um, so it's a kind of mix of kind of the acrobatic floor work that I've been learning from breakers and capoeira artists from trickers um, and my background of contemporary movement and technique um, and kind of 
uh, merging them together into a flow, something that kind of never ends and never stops. Mm-hmm. You can't, it's seamless. You can't see one move stand alone yeah. and it moves into the other. And so I really like that. That's something that I enjoy doing myself. And it's easy to teach because there are moves that you teach and then you teach the transition. Um, but I, I do also miss kind of just teaching like modern contemporary movement for movement's sake and, and finding different uh, movement for that. That's easier to teach physically a little harder to teach online so i'm trying it, it, it's really been like this play of like adapting to this online uh platform um and also trying to share as much knowledge as possible um in an hour and a half um through a computer screen um but yeah i love to teach and i'm i'm trying to really build out you know little but slow slowly i'm quite slow especially when it comes to workshops like i want to get it right i want people to feel like they have consumed a lot of information and are getting what they pay for um i don't love teaching you know phrases phrase work um Mm. it feels just a little bit monotonous it's been done it's a lot of fun especially for dancers um and it is quite beneficial to learn how to learn fast um, mm-hmm. But it's not how I've learned the best. Um, I've learned the best in creating work. So I'm also trying to fi- figure out how to teach people how to how to create their own work. Um, mm-hmm. and that's something that I want to start doing as well. Um, but yeah, I, I teach every now and then. When you're creating work, mm-hmm. do you have any like uh, rituals or is there a structure to how you create stuff? Or there is there certain things that you know that you can go to to draw inspiration? Mm. Gosh, I'm sure there are, and I'm just like so unaware of them. This is a better question for somebody who actually works with me. Um, <laughs> I, love, I love things that repeat. Um, I worked for Palabolus, and they they taught these really cool partnering moves that were called reciprocals because they would repeat. Um, and they needed two people and they're usually cyclical. So that's something that I'm always like interested in. And whenever I see something like that, I'm like, Ooh, let's continue down that road. Like, I love that. Um, I like violence. (laughs) I really love, um, bodies hitting. I like the feeling of fighting, but not a fight. Um, so that's something that I've been playing with. I love, you know, this sounds weird, but like, I love sex and I love that intimacy. And I love that, like raw, the fact that we all have to do it. The fact that we are here because of it. I like that. So that's something that I like to explore in my work, like that closeness, I'm taking Mm. out the emotional aspect of that. Um, What else? Rituals. I mean, a lot of it comes from, you know, a lot of it will come from improv. Um, because it's really hard to like plan out something interesting and then do it. A lot of it Mm. comes from like your psyche, like the back of your mind, things that you can't actually attach words to, Um, but Mm. they'll come out when you just start. Um, And so it's really helpful to watch other dancers improv and then be like, ooh, I really liked that and like pull that out and start exploring that and start shaping that. Um, But all in all, like a ritual, that's interesting. I'll have to think about that more. I'm sure there is. Yeah, because I, I, I really think we all have these way, this, these places that we go to to pull, uh, like vocabulary from. Yeah, you know, yeah. or to pull something from, yeah. and whether we know that it's there or not. But we'll, we'll, we all have something because we didn't all just make up the the move or the transition or the step that we do. We've probably right. seen it somewhere or learned it somehow, and we right. might have just forgot about it. Right, you know. Yeah. But I just find it interesting because you're, like I said, your movement is such a diverse vocabulary. Like if you're taking it from an inspiration, like what would that inspiration be would be quite interesting. Mm. Yeah, I guess it, dep- it depends. It's also, yeah, a lot of the work is inspired. Um, like Palabolus, um, if you ever have heard of them or you should look them up, everybody should look them up. They've been around since the 70s. Uh, they were a hippy-dippy group of college uh, guys that got together and started making dance, um, but they weren't dancers. Um, and the, the fact that they weren't dancers really uh, lent to some very like human um, and very innovative ways of moving because it wasn't 
affected by other dance styles because they had mm. never experienced those dance styles before. They hadn't so experienced There's no tondus happening. Exactly. They... There's no tondus. There's no vocabulary mm. from other dance work. It's just what they could do and what they found interesting. And I think that practice of rejecting or pushing away the vocabulary of other work and trying to just experience like what you would do naturally, untrained, untethered by what's right or wrong or different techniques, that's interesting for me. And I really loved that Palabalas showed me that that is also a way of making dance. Um, mm. And their process of making dance was highly collaborative and really experimental. Um, and I, li I like that. So that's something that has always stuck with me. Um, and that's what inspires me is seeing something I haven't seen before or I've seen, but not on stage, maybe in a house or at a party or, you know, at a baseball game, but not on a stage, you know, and bringing those mm -hmm. interesting ways of moving onto a stage or onto a screen in a different context. Yeah, I love that, that's dope. Dude, this has been so wonderful. Thank you so much. Well, thank, thank you for letting me pick your brain. Yeah, um, I hope uh, you have a wonderful time for Thanksgiving. Is Thanksgiving been on gone already? Thanksgiving on Thursday. Thursday. Oh my gosh, it's tomorrow. Oh, you best not eat so you can save some space for tomorrow. Yeah, I got to go grocery shopping. Yeah, I I only ever did one Thanksgiving when I was in America. I was somehow mad, managed to be home back in the UK for the others. But the one I did, I ate so much food. So I probably didn't move for two days. Yeah, it's one of my favorite. I think what I love the most is like cooking for it. Like eating is great. I, I usually like pass out around 6 p.m. because I've eaten too much. But like cooking is so much fun. I love cooking with my family. It's the best thing. I didn't have to cook mine. I just ate. <laughs> I just ate. And I probably fell asleep on the sofa oh, within minutes. <laughs> For sure the item. You know, and they're like, do you want some dessert? And I'm like, oh, I shouldn't, but okay. And then four desserts later, you're like, that's enough. I'm good. Leave me alone. I'm good. Yeah. Well, yeah, dude, have a look. Have a lovely Thanksgiving. And uh, I'd really love to, hopefully, if you ever get to come to the UK. Oh, for sure. I'd love we'll to. We'll hit up. You can teach me how to roll with style. Dude, yeah, we'll style. hang out. You I'd love that. that. I'll show you what I have and we'll make something interesting. That'd be beautiful. Cool. Dude, thank you so much. Yeah. Um, And I wish you all the best. Yes. Adios. Cheers, buddy. Thank you for listening to the Internet's podcast. Please leave us a five-star rating and review on iTunes and share the podcast with your friends and family. One love. Peace. The Internet's podcast with your host, Kane Silver.